With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk Seals Podcast. My name is Sybil. Today, I'm joined by Billy. Say hello, Billy. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Jake, how are you? Very well, mate. Very well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is simulated enthusiasm, by the way. I've just had a roast dinner. So it's like, I'm like metaphorically on the floor right now. <laughs> uh, boys, but we need to talk about some of the football. Um, let's start with the FA Cup. It's going to look like, well, it is going to be a Chelsea-Liverpool final, same as the League Cup. Um, so that both domestic finals for the same teams in this year. Uh, Jakey boy, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a great, it's going to be a good game. I mean, the the League Cup game for you know, considering it was nil nil and penalties, it was quite yeah, it was decent, best best shootout game. ever. Yeah, best great, great shootout. Um, both sides have had a, a bit of a, a contrast in form. Liverpool's form sort of increased after that final. Chelsea's have sort of been up and down largely, but I mean, it, it's a cup final, and anything can happen. Form it's one of those formulas completely out the window in the cup. It means literally fuck all. So I mean, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good game and and, and roll on the uh, roll on the FA Cup final. Well, it's it's one of them that that Liverpool will will know a lot of things by the time the FA Cup final happens, won't they? Because mm. they'll know if they've won the league. Does it, I can't remember what comes no, first. They, FA they cup, the, the finals two two just two games league games after. The FA Cup right, final, which I, it nah, used to be obviously the FA Cup final was the last last game of the season, wasn't ah, it? I thought it was which be. is one of the things that sort of annoys me about it. Now it used to be like the curtain closer of the. Yeah, I was going to say in my head, in my head, it's still the curtain closer. Yeah, but now so. now it's still it's like just two games to go before it, it finishes. Nah, well, well, they'll, they'll know if they're in a European yeah. Cup final. And yeah, they'll they'll know if they're still in a league the uh, the league hunt. Yeah, obviously. The quadruple could still be on. <laughs> Do you know what this means? That means if um, Liverpool beat Villarreal, um, they'll play every single game that could have been possible for Liverpool to play this season, mm. which is a Amazing. lot of games. I'm not, I don't sure what that exact <laughs> yeah. number is, but that's a lot of football. 62, I think it is, if we get into the final. Um, More than a game a week Liverpool in a calendar year. was in 2001, obviously, when they got to all three cup finals. I think they played 68 games. 
in that <laughs> season. Like <laughs> carnage, carnage. It was yeah. So another memorable season uh, for Liverpool. Then. Long may it continue. Mm, yeah, surely. Um, Billy boy, right? See, let's hypothetically, uh, this cup final goes to penalties. Does Tuchel, if he's still in charge, we know. We know how, I mean, I was going to say we know what Abramovich is like, but oh, we don't know who's going to be in charge at that time. But uh, does he? Does he bring on Kepa? Does he bring on Kepa for the for the shootout? The Bear in mind, this is a man that, that did not save ten penalties <laughs> or conceded t- eleven penalties, didn't he? And then missed his own. <laughs> so, do you bring that man on as the the penalty specialist? I thought it was a baffling decision at the time, and I still think it's a baffling decision now. And you would think that Tuchel's <laughs> learned from his mistakes. And for me, if if Mendy starts, then Mendy's the keeper, barring any injuries, of course, for the penalty shootout. Um, if Kepa starts, I think he should probably be the keeper that does it. I think whoever you start with is the keeper that you finish with in those big games. Um, so, yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah. If it goes to penalties, that is. Because I don't think it will. <laughs> but it's the same time he's like, oh, he must be due. He must be due a penalty save. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> just in a sheer numbers game along, like a, a Premier League keeper should should save, you know, one of 20 penalties. You'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Hayes record, wasn't it? For for ages, I think. He, he's he, not a short stopping keeper, though. He yeah. couldn't save the, a penalty for like, tw- well, I mean, I think it's it's like 28 penalties or something stupid like that. Yeah. He's, he's not that type of keeper. Tonight. He's not like massive. He's a good shot stopper in terms of like saving me's feet and quick reactions. I think reflex saves, reflex mm. saves. I don't think there's many keepers in the world that do reflex saves better than David Hare. But when it comes to just like standing in a goal, like try to save a penalty, it's not his bag, obviously. Like Fraser Foster just looks as if he takes up the majority of the goal <laughs> when he stands in a goal. You think, fuck it out. You don't realize how big he is until you see fucking still love you. Oh, Jesus Christ, you know. Um, speaking of him, we'll come on to him in a wee bit. He had a particularly good game against Arsenal, but yeah, it was, it was a strange one considering that on that final that Mendy actually had not a bad game. Um, but it's just, it's like one of those that, you know, if somebody told me that would happen before the game, I don't know what the odds of, of that happened, like Kepa coming on for penalties, you know, not saving one and then missing his own. Like, what would the odds in that be? Because I can't even remember the last time. They- yeah, you know what I mean? Astronomical, wouldn't they? Yeah. Because no one would think that he would come on in the first place. And then to not save one, and then it get to the keepers, and him miss. It's amazing. Oh, I just remember when it happened. I was I just couldn't stop laughing for a good five minutes. Yeah. It was just I think the I mean, thing. I think I might have said, oh my fucking God, out loud. <laughs> like, actually out loud. <laughs> ah, good times, folks. Good times. More of the same, I say. <laughs> Should we go to the league, boys? Uh, I mean, we talked, mean, um, who was on with yesterday? Is it your Jet, Billy? Me. That was you, Billy. Was right? me, yeah. <laughs> this Thanks new pod, pod, podcast in every day, it's like, I have no idea <laughs> what, what life is right now. Although I am enjoying it, I must say. Um, and we talked about some of the results without actually seeing highlights. Now that we've had eyes on them, well, in fact, we'll start, with, we'll start with Arsenal Southampton. I thought this would be a case of, uh, of a poor Arsenal performance, but it's actually, for me, much more a case of a really, really strong Fraser Foster performance. Because mm. he... You just forget, like, even though he's getting on a little bit, he is, he's a really good, he's one of Southampton's sort of sign. I don't know when he came in. I think he might have come in on, um, 
either the summer or the January, maybe last summer or something. But because um, I know I the, for a long for, time, Alex McCarthy was yeah, was I think a, for a memory, to go he's to. Been there for quite a while. I think maybe two years or so. He was he was he was, he was, he was number one. Yeah. He was number one, I believe, and then he got injured, didn't he? And McCarthy came yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, and McCarthy then he lost came his place out. then permanently. So. Because mm, mm. the last time I see, I, I can remember seeing a, a Fraser Foster performance like this was a, a cup final um, for between Rangers and Celtic, where uh, it was Stephen Gerrard's Rangers actually. That uh, they just there was just no way by Rangers were by far the better team. It was just Fraser Foster was just absolutely invincible on the day. Um, but yeah, he's he's yeah. you know at his points. I know I know the day points don't particularly mean a lot to Southampton in terms of the big big picture thing. Um, but yeah. It's, Arsenal created probably enough to get something from this game, um, but a huge blow to Arsenal, I think, in their terms of their, their season goals. Massive. Mm. Does anybody want top four? That's my my thing because True, when, you just know, a day. <laughs> yeah, they you know they watch they watch Spurs lose and they they must be sitting there going that this is a massive opportunity now for us to to get into this top four race again. Mm. And Southampton, you know, just been pumped what five six nil by Chelsea. In, you know, it's the most Arsenal thing ever, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Arsenal. Um, the question I've actually got for you, lads, I've, I've sort of been seeing a lot a lot on Twitter, and we know how reactionary and sort of jumping onto it Arsenal fans are, but if Arteta doesn't get the top six, do you think that he'll go in the summer? Um, I don't think so. No. no. I, think, I think he's won enough fans over mm. to... Because I don't think the Cronky lot are, are particularly... Super ambitious owners. I think, you know, they did well to get the players in they did in the summer. Right in it, when the, the players were bought right right there and there, I didn't really think they were the right signings. But, mm. you know, whoever's in their recruitment clearly got something right. Because Arsenal are probably a stronger team than they were last year. I think they are the more yeah, sort of complete definitely. side. And I think their mentality is a lot better. Um, I think they were actually decent at this match, to be fair. But they are missing. I mean, fullback is... Is now such an important position. It's one of the most important positions on the pitch, isn't it? I, yeah. I think some people could argue, like, you know, when, when, when teams are missing their first choice fullbacks, um, they, it, it heavily affects them. You know, this without Kieran Tierney and Tommy Asu, this Arsenal side, although they still look pretty good in some areas, I thought, I thought Saka was particularly good this game. I think mm-hmm. if he'd buried that open, sort of that, that um, pass mm-hmm. across the box, and he should, he should, he should bury that. Um, but, Outside that missed chance, I think he had a particularly strong game, but the absence of those sort of... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
team sort of, I don't want to call them team leader. Well, Kieran Tierney would be a team leader for me, but just presence on the pitch. I mean, they're both exceptional defenders and attackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you go down in your second rate on both those sides, you just seem to be missing something. It was the same thing with, you know, Liverpool are not the same without their fullbacks. Chelsea, when they lost Ben Chilwell and Reese James, they, they, they pretty much kept, got themselves out of the title rest. And before that, they were, they were there or thereabouts. They weren't within sort of unreasonable distance for the mm-hmm. league. So, yeah, it's becoming more evident how these fullbacks are affecting today's game, I think. Yeah, I think I think another thing with Arsenal, just quickly, is how thin their overall squad is. It's like we mm. mentioned it It's a small squad. Yeah. Outside, outside of that 11, and barring a few players, they're, they're under 23s. It's very threadbare, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It really is. And I think you do have to put some of that blame onto Arteta as well for not getting some players through in January. You know, they're starting up front with Nketiah, who isn't a Premier League striker just yet. Mm. Um, you know, they've, they've let Albamian go, which was the They should have decision. done, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's the correct decision, but they haven't replaced him with anyone. Mm. And I think now Lacazette's injured. Yeah, it's one of them because... An, an, under, an under 23 striker. It's, it's not good enough, but they've done, they've managed so far... But yeah, lo- I think losing Lacazette is like, massive. For massive, them. massive. They really had some effective play with with, with Lacazette's hold up play. Um, definitely, that was working out, and I think they put their chips on that. I mean, I don't know whether to sort of commend Arsenal or sort of condemn them in terms of right. They never got their man. They wanted to do San Vlahovic. Um, they got priced out. Um, he also wasn't really interested in going to Arsenal. He ended up going to UV in the end, I think, for the for the summer, sixty five million pounds, seventy five million pounds thereabouts. Uh, but they didn't have the the sort of plan B. That you know this didn't happen. But at the same time, that is very much Liverpool's transfer policy for the first opening mm-hmm. sort of five or six years for Klopp. Was you know a, the player had to be right, and if he wasn't available, he wasn't available. Van Dyke, we went in for Van Dyke. I don't know how many times. We made contact with Southampton. I don't know how many times to 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 negotiate for Van Dyke and, and Southampton were fairly fairly firm that, that there wasn't a player they, they were likely to see go uh, until as Liverpool said, right, this is the player we want. We can't let him run down his contract. Um, it's the money, you know. And, and this was the Southampton were reluctant to let Van Dyke go for for anybody. Um, there was actually a window where Man United went in for Van Dyke and get priced out it, then went for Lindelof instead. Uh, so it, it was a popular player, but. We never really signed a centre-back. We didn't like not get Van Dyke and then go for the next best thing. You know, Klopp mm-hmm. and the recruitment team are very firm on that was a player that was going to change the back line of Liverpool. And Liverpool, when Van Dyke came, everything changed. Everything changed from from being largely a counter-attacking side um, to, to a possession-based side that you see today, the, the sort of like quadruple potential side that you see yeah. today and Van Dyke mm. was a huge part of that but that that came from a sort of no compromise transfer policy so maybe I don't know they didn't get their man and they didn't want to comp- like they didn't want to settle for a, for a, for a B plan strike so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing I think the the, the difference between that is was that they uh, Val, uh, Vlasic or it was called he was he'd already agreed to go, so Arsenal knew that they were never going to get him. Whereas you know Liverpool obviously knew that they could go back in for Van Dijk. So surely Arsenal would have a backup option or have a shortlist of players. But for me, like just the signing, not not signing players in January. I mean, 
West Ham are exactly the same, you know. All their fans all January crying out, you need to sign, we need to sign, we need to get a couple of players in. You know, just look at the sides that have signed players, you know, Liverpool. Look at the difference Diaz has made to that team. Newcastle, look at the difference their players have made to that team. You know, I know January is a very tricky window to get business done in, but you can get good business done in January. And there were sides in the league that needed signings in January, Arsenal, West Ham, the two key ones for me. I mean, look at Spurs, another one. You know, they brought in yeah. um, Kivalevsky and Bentico and it, it's changed them. They, you know, they were out with the top. The bell in the bell. The bell. And now they're and now they're looking at, at you know they're the, the front runners for it. So I mean, top four looked a wee bit out of reach. Yeah, previous exactly. Those signings. Exactly, and and for me, Arsenal missed a little bit of a trick there with that, and now potentially they're looking at not even getting Europa League, which for me is an absolute disaster, especially when you factor in the fact they've had no European football all season. They haven't got that excuse of, oh, you know, we've been playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, because they've only been playing once a week. So it's Listen, it's a tricky, Wolves, tricky one. Wolves are within sort of five, the Wolves are currently within five points of Arsenal. Um, and that's the, with Arsenal game in hand. Um, but right now, you know, they might want, they might back themselves to think, right, okay, right, five points, um, three if they want to make it up on West Ham to get into that Europa spot. Obviously, West Ham are going to have different, they're going to focus on Europa League because that's a guaranteed Champions League spot. But, you know, it's not completely out of question that one of those sides, and among sort of Man United, Spurs, Arsenal, if they don't, get their act together that they, they, they yeah. actually fall out of Europe which yeah. would be obviously a yeah. huge disaster for them I mean for uh, Arsenal looking at two seasons on the bounce without European football is catastrophe and oh, for yeah. years they crucified Wenger for just getting fourth and now <laughs> it looks very silly doesn't it that sort of crucification you, you, of that I mean like, even, in, even, even in the sort of like when they were calling for Wenger's head that, that marginalised a lot of I granted a lot of Arsenal fans were, were still loyal to Wenger in the end but there was a, a vocal minority minority FTV that thought you know they couldn't move forward without Wenger maybe that was the case but maybe you know I mean you, you'd back Wenger's last side you would back to beat this Arsenal side it's, you're 100%. always looking now though at the, the sort of sacking of Emery as well as a bit of a a blunder for me as well because look at what he's done at that Villarreal side he's made he's them a, hard to yeah. beat he's got them in the Champions League you know semi-finally won the Europa League last year and they're a good side do you know what I mean I know they're struggling a little bit in the league but fucking hell they've had a hell of a Champions League run <laughs> yeah <laughs> not too bad at all not too I mean, bad I, at all I mean he's signed really well as well and I am yeah, yeah. yeah done a good, good bit of business I mean it's a it's a strange one this race or top four. I can't it, really place it. Just just sheerly no. off the inconsistency of the sides no. yeah. competing for it. I've, it'll be very difficult to make a, a solid very, prediction. It'll be a very big summer for Arsenal. If they stick yeah. with Arteta, they've got to back him. If they get rid of Arteta, then that next manager is going to be crucial. I mean, because realistically, who's out there for Arsenal at the moment? They're not going to go and get mm. Daesh as much as they could probably <laughs> do with a Daesh. They should. Really, at an <laughs> Arsenal. Um, you know... Who's out there for, for a club like Arsenal? Because there's not not that many quality managers about, and the ones that are around won't want to go to an Arsenal side in this sort of situation. Don't, they're, don't, they're not going to get back. Don't yeah. fancy Diego Simeone. I mean, as, as, he wouldn't go to Arsenal, would he? I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Arsenal would give would give 
deal with City. Do with Simeone, I think, still still is the, the highest paid manager in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a big old check that Arsenal have to write <laughs> to get him there. And you'd imagine he's not they're not gonna want he's not gonna want them to match his salary. He's gonna be like double it. <laughs> I want seventy-five million pounds a year. Consistent Champions League football at a team where I'm, you know, winning the league occasionally, and, and I'm a god to go yeah. to a team where I'll get crucified if I fucking lose lose three games or something. He would you know, lose like, his shit as well. Like he yeah, would, he's, he's not, he's not. Someone. No, he would, he's not like he would jump into the crowd and fight someone. You know, yeah. but those are. He'd see the AFTV lads outside and he just starts going. Yeah. The ball. I know, man. Like, I, More will you? <laughs> it would be blockbuster, right? Enough, like, AFTV oh, would get views, man. You know, oh, like, Robbie's, God, yeah. Robbie's in a headlock. <laughs> you know, and it's so it's so it's outside. Outside. Like, <laughs> you know, outside the Emirates. You know? <laughs> I'd watch it. Keep it new, mate. Oh, yeah. This is blockbuster. It's blockbuster. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> let's uh, slightly, slightly <laughs> off chat. Just slightly. Just slightly, boys. Um, and I'll say I want you to talk about. These are my January transfer window winners for me, besides Liverpool. But Liverpool only made the one sign. And Newcastle um, got a good old victory over Leicester. Um, mm. Pretty convincingly as well. Um, I mean, they're just... Uh, the, the fact they're safe, they were, they were written off by so many people. They, they, they were sure for going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, to turn it around, that Gary who did a great job. I think they recruited well. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in the summer. I mean, they've got three hundred billion that's backed them. I don't know why they would put about that number if they weren't intending to be a top side. I mean, from mm-hmm. all the noise that was made from the consortium, is that the, the plan is to make Newcastle a Champions League side. There's only one way to do that. It's not through youth development. It's through getting that big old checkbook out and uh, signing a few few superstars. The thing is, Eddie Howe's already said that they've got restrictions to playing, whether that's mm. just mind games and he's he's just saying that to to please the, the higher-ups of the Premier League, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I think... But I think just getting back to the January seat, January transfer window just gone, I, I looked at the business that they did and I was very critical of it. I didn't think that Dan Byrne and Matt Target... And Kieran Trippier, of course, would be enough to keep. I was the polar opposite. I thought that was. I thought they were the best bits of business they did. They definitely, they definitely needed a shoring up in defence. I just didn't expect it to be to go as well as it has for them. I thought Bruno was the fancy, fancy signing, which Bruno was the the signing they didn't actually need. Yeah. They yeah. didn't actually. Joe Willock is a, a capable defend, uh, midfielder, sorry, that plays in that position. He's the one of the, the lot that they signed that they probably didn't need, mm. but he just played a superb game yeah. against Leicester. <laughs> so, what do we know? <laughs> but I thought it would take some, I thought it was going to take a lot of time for him to get used to the, to the fast paced English football. And I think Newcastle have done brilliantly, gently pushing him into pushing him into the side and slowly but surely getting him up to speed with the Premier League. I think they've dealt with that brilliantly. Um, so I hold my hands up here and say that I've got it completely wrong. Fair play to them. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do in the summer. I used to, I remember I used to always have it out with you, Billy, that, that my target wasn't as bad as you said he is. He's not, he's, 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 he's fine. He's a he's, bottom he's third, brilliantly sort of, he, yeah, bottom third of the Premier League sort of, Fullback, and I 
Yeah, nice. he's doing fantastically for Newcastle, which I am absolutely buzzing about because with every passing game, he's raising his price. This is the the, sh- the shred Newcastle. You can't, they, can't, they, can't, they can't play the old sort of pull out their pockets like, no oh money. no, we've got no money. Yeah. <laughs> no more like Well within your rights to say, oi, you get fucking 300 billion pounds. <laughs> Give us a little bit of money for Matty Target, you know? And that's why I was so happy with letting Matt Target go in the first place. We bought in Mm. Luca Dean already. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Just let him go. Yeah, we don't have much cover at left back, but let him go. Let's raise his price for the summer. If Newcastle want to pay silly money for him, then let Newcastle pay silly money for him. And... That a lot of Villa fans at the time were like, "Why are we letting him go? He's he's scared. He doesn't want competition for his place." And no, maybe he didn't want competition for his place. Maybe he wanted to go and play first team football. Who can blame the kid for wanting to go and play first team mm. football? He's gone and done that. He's proved himself. He's proved himself as a very good Premier League left back, and it's worked out for us. We <laughs> we get we get more money for him in the summer. So. <laughs> I think I think the only problem Newcastle will have in the summer is, is sort of what you've both alluded to is the fact that other sides know a how much money they've got uh, and, and b players sort of taking a little bit of advantage of knowing how much money Newcastle have as well. Mm. They'll have to be very careful of not getting in just these superstars who want just money. The mm. likes of sort of your Aubameyangs and players like that who will throw the towel in after a little bit of a while and just sort of go, well, I'm on. Yeah, as soon as it's a bit of a drop drop of form and stuff, the last thing that they can afford to do is to have hangers on in that squad. I think they they, they signed very well in in January. And to be honest, players like that are sort of what Newcastle need. They just, every season, if they just keep sort of improving, 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 you know, and not sort of... If that Burnley side goes down, if that Burnley side goes down, they should pick up. They should should go get a Ben Mina Tarkovsky. 100% they should. Yeah, I mean, and Corney is too good for the championship. He's quite—he's evidently a, a Premier League player. Like, there's no doubt about there's no doubt about it in my mind that Corney would succeed Perfect in those sides. Replacement for Rafinha, some may say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a decent shout there. Weghorst as well is a lot of people say a lot of sort of European pundits. Um, you know, um, I was listening to Andy Brasso talking about him today, but he's a he's a Champions League level forward. And maybe Dyche wasn't getting the best out of him. And that may have been, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons why he left. So yeah, I mean, he actually scored a he, he scored a goal. Uh, the the only a six foot six uh, striker <laughs> could score. He like out jumps Tommy Suchek, <laughs> gets a yeah. good head above him to kind of just knock it in. And, and you need to be six foot six to do that. So you know, fair Jota does him. it. <laughs> Jota, apart, unless you're Diogo Jota, you find the way. You, you find a way. Climb up, <laughs> climb up Suchek. <laughs> <laughs> to get above them, um, yeah. So that, that was good stuff. Uh, let's go to Brentford. They, 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 they signed an important player in the summer, uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh, Christian Eriksen has just been points winning contributions to the game consistently. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he comes on and he gets the assist and, and obviously Brentford scores from a long throw. And if like, I mean, it's Watford, if you're going to have any sort of string of a hope for staying up, you can't concede to a long throw. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's just, what Brentford do and it's what Brentford do so They well. do it amazingly. They do it amazingly. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The First, best long throw in the, in the league. Definitely. By, not, by you know, a long way. Are they better than Stoke back in the day, would you say? Mm. No, because, nah, because because of how much Stoke rattled Wenger, they 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 take <laughs> yeah. it. Just for how triggered Wenger was every time he had to play Stoke. Like, yeah. It shouldn't and be it, allowed! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, we should That's kick right. the ball in instead. That was that when he was doing that, wasn't it? We should kick yeah. the ball in instead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. <laughs> Good time. Oh, who's in that Stoke side? Roy Delap was your man. Yeah. Mm. Ryan Shawcross, Robert Heath. Shawcross. Yeah. That was the pair. Oh, yes, of course. Ah, yeah. That's the one in centre back, champ. Yeah. yeah. League one centre God knows how he managed that. Anyway, back back to Brentford. Eh? Back, back to the day, not to um, Stoke before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, better times for Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when watching. Brentford's winner back last night, I noticed something and it was really, really clever if Brentford meant it. They had Mbumo, is that his name? Mbumo. And they made sure, well, I say they made sure, Dennis was marking him and that was like the the quick ball down the line if he wanted to Mm whip it in. And he just pushed Dennis back and back really far to so he was playing on everybody onside yeah. mm. and so J- Christian Eriksen just needed to put that ball in, into the box it's 100% perfect area and then 100% the meant run for me forward. 100% yeah, meant for me we win really this game on yeah mm. I mean it's it's um, smart as well because Brentford's a great set of piece play Dennis yeah. is obviously a, an attacking player so they so He's not going to be aware. It's not really in his head as he thinking, am I playing people up like on side? <laughs> yeah. It's not generally something a forward thinks. If he's been um, put out there, it's generally because he's he's going to be a poor defender in the box and that's why they don't mm. want him in the box. And that's why he's probably been put out there and he goes and yeah. steps back and plays everybody on side. Because he just doesn't fantastic. miss these days. If it's a dead ball, if it's a dead ball, it's going into a good area. It's going to be a good area and someone's going to end it. When you've you know, got simple as such that. tall defenders attacking it as well, is yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time it's going to result in a goal. And mm. perfectly for Brentford, it worked to absolute perfection. <laughs> mm. We're getting above our, our run time here, boys. So I want to finish up on um, Man United Norwich. I watched the game back and I think that, that scoreline actually flatters Manchester United a little bit. Massively. I think they did some horrendous defending in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, that like Puki just looked like he was just making like any passes. Yeah, like any passes he wanted in the final third. It was crazy. Without any sort of resistance to it. And the amount of times yeah. Harry Maguire stepped out and the centre back just went, all right, and stepped out his line and, and let a, an onside attacker behind him. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm stepping out the line. The attacker that's behind me is onside. I'm leaving a load of state space. But that, that I think it was the second. Ah, it was second Norwich goal. That was the result of that. Maybe was it the second or yeah. first? I don't know. Yeah, boys. It's Pookie's, Pookie's goal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Honest to God, that boy's lost some confidence, Maguire. Though, hasn't he? My word. How I don't know how on earth he gets 
United United need to sign a centre back in the summer. It's, it's it really is that simple. Um, because next season they cannot go into the season starting Maguire and Varane because Varane's knees are hanging off. So, you know, you're getting what <laughs> twenty games a season out of him. Mm-hmm. Lindelof struggles, buys another injury playing centre back, and Maguire. God, he, you know, every passing game he looks like he's never played there. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know what he's in, but he's in his mind to think, I'm just going to go and step out here and <laughs> leave this huge gaping hole behind. <laughs> There's a reason that England play him in a three. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good point, that, JK boy. I mean, <laughs> I think we, I, I think he probably I started in the back four, but I, I can see why Southgate would want him in a three. Hmm. You know? I think in this game in particular as well, in in defence to Maguire, which you won't see me do very often, he didn't have much protection from the midfield at all. Yeah. You know, they, they were playing Paul Pogba as that number six. Bru- uh, it was Lingard and Bruno Fernandes just in front of him as well. Mm-hmm. They just went... Yeah. It was almost He's like so they went exposed, all out attack. He? And it was yeah. just, we will score more goals than you, no matter what. And we just need to hope that they don't score any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they were... I thought... That third Ronaldo goal, like I said to you yesterday, Sim, I thought Tim Krul gave them an absolute. Oh yeah, he should do. It. Yeah, he should. Yeah. He should be doing better there. Hundred percent, he should be doing better there. I don't know why Man United have this insistence to try to play Paul Pogba as a number six. No, they've done it, it a lot, it a lot of times over his time. Work. Yeah, at Manchester United, they've thought, mm. "Oh, we'll put Paul in a six because he's he's tall." <laughs> you know that that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> they think, "Oh, you Fabinho." Like they, they just think, "Oh, Fabinho's tall." You know, it's uh... <laughs> Fabinho's disciplined. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like. <laughs> was it at the be- right at the beginning of the season where he was playing? Out on that left hand side, he was amazing. He was, he was, he was amazing. Like he was literally a beast. He was fantastic. <laughs> he got like four, first, four assists in a game. Got four, four assists, assists in a game. In the first game just, of the season, yeah. yeah. Against Leeds, just led. Yeah. It wasn't even like a left winger. It was like a left midfielder. You know, yeah. like when a creative sort of like a general sort of creative midfielder goes into and gets the like, the whole left side, yeah. so he can just cut in in his right foot and make all the sort of in swingers he wants. So he's probably quite good with his left foot as well, and. You know, is it was immense in that position, yeah. but he's played there like fucking twice. <laughs> I think yeah. he has like twenty assists or something from that position. <laughs> no, yeah, I, mean, I exaggerate. I exaggerate. Now when like the t- the top assists and Pogba's there with like seven, you're like you got four of them on the opening day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like second oh. or something. Ah, oh, I mean, it just doesn't. There's just a lot of stuff at Man United that doesn't make sense. I think Ten Hag might be a good thing. He's actually got some leverage. It's not just a case of like they go after their man and the and the man comes and it's like, oh this is a this is what's gonna happen. You know, all he was like, you know, a fan that won a competition <laughs> to manage <laughs> Manchester yeah. United for an extended period of time. Um Ranyuk is just a guy that's absolutely snapped. He's obviously not expected the, the amount of divas. That he's had to put up with, and I think this. he's been a bit shocked by what what's been there. He's the father of the Gegen Press, right? And I think he thought I think he thought he could talk these players at the Gegen Press. <laughs> you know, he said, I could just imagine him in that changing room. He's just like press, and they're just like no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Can you at least hard. run a little bit? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm Paul Pogba. You're talking to. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you know what? It's even Paul Pogba plays for France as well. He's like an actual, an actual Terminator man. See the the the, the yards, his legs 
like eat up at either side of the pitch. I mean, he's that box to box type man. He's just he's insane. But as soon as he puts yeah, the United yeah. shirt on, I don't know. I don't Something know what happens. happens. <laughs> yeah. Something. I think he should make some players are just happier and certain shirts. You know, some shirts just don't fit. I mean, I think he'll go to a lesser league, and I think he will succeed. Probably go to Juventus. Yeah, I think. I think honestly, he succeeds in any other league in Europe apart from Premier League, and that's it. And I'd argue he'd maybe even succeed in a, in a different a different club. You know, I think if he was at a city, if he was at Manchester City, and he was told he's all about doing, he got his fitness up and stuff like that. You know, yeah. and there's not really any divas. I mean. I've seen De Bruyne fucking sprinting back to make a tackle. I think it was a it was a Manchester Derby actually. Like ninety three minutes gone when the game's already dead, sprinting back to make a tackle. Yeah. You know, you you don't get that way. Manchester United, the things aren't going their way. Are there any sort of resistance from a side? They just kind of seem to to shut up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but boys, we've been over the runtime, so I think we should call it. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, lads. Thank pleasure you, mate. as always. Been a pleasure. And thank you very much for the listeners for tuning in and downloading. It really makes a big difference to us. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and leave leave us a positive review. Um, we shall be back tomorrow um, with some more Premier League news. Cheers, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.